This is Anna from the Pop Prison Power Podcast, and this is the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizard. You're thinking, you're people going to die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 263 of the So Wizard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Hey! <laughs> oh, there's not more to it? Is it wait, it's waiting for the rest? No. Okay. All right, hey. And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Reagans. Hello there. You are listening to So Wizard Podcast. Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, we are going to talk some nerdy news, including a new trailer for a movie with our favorite actress from Twilight and a full review of the movie Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. But before we get into all that, how's everyone doing this week? Mark Ellis, have you recovered from Terrific Con? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a pretty crazy week. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things that are happening soon, podcast-wise, so I've been uh, keeping busy. Yes, there's so many plates spinning or balls in the air, balls balls <laughs> whatever you want to call it it's out of control it's a lot it's a lot on your plate i'm sure you're looking forward to resting at dragon con yep i'm gonna have a nice relaxing time between the uh, between the minutes of 4 30 a.m and 4 45 a.m on thursday at dragon con that's gonna be my rest period yeah the rest of the, the time it's part. party the best part will be when you come back from Dragon Con, it'll take you about three weeks to recover to get, <laughs> it'll be right time to go to New York. <laughs> God, yes. God. Guess what happens after New York? Uh, I take a nap. You got about three weeks to recover and then it's time for Rhode Island. Oh my God. <laughs> what have I done? Then you can rest. Then I can rest. 2020, Mark rests. That's right. You can rest until April. Um, <laughs> Aubrey, how the hell are you? I'm good. Uh, classes started today, so that was fun. Uh, I only had one class today, and then I have the other two tomorrow. And uh, Tuesdays are my like really, really long days, so by the time everybody hears this, I will have gotten through that. So it's a busy, busy week for me. Mm -hmm. What was your class on today? Um, it was Fundamentals of Design. We're doing uh, 3D sculptures, Ooh. essentially, all semester. Our first assignment is to create our body out of packing tape. So I have to wrap my body <laughs> in packing tape and then cut myself out of it. Oh, Sounds my. like, I think I've had dreams like this. <laughs> what are I you had... doing with the packing tape afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> We had to um, also, like, it can't just be, I suppose it could just be our body, but it has to be, like, a self-portrait. 
And he wants it to be kind of abstract. So my first thought was, oh, my God, I'm going to make myself into a chest burster. Nice. And I'm going to have myself coming out of myself. <laughs> I was like, this is fabulous. This is it. And I thought about this for the rest of the class. And then it, was, and then it dawned on me. I was like, I wonder why Noah's such a fucking weirdo. <laughs> somebody allowed me to have children. <laughs> you should have just wrapped a piece of cardboard in duct tape and wrote ready on it and handed it to him. You're like, there's my body. It's ready. <laughs> That would be good. Please imagine the smell. We should offer that leftover duct tape on uh, Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does somebody want to buy a packing tape version of myself? Um, we are we are not going to open up that can of worms today, <laughs> folks. Okay, we're going to put a pin in that right now. Josh Patreon. is going to have a lot of fun with it because I need to wrap my entire torso with packing tape and then have him cut me out of it. So he's going to be like, maybe I should just leave you like this. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it all up and be like, all right, bye. Have fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, Joey, how are you doing? Um, I wish I had something extremely exciting to report, but I don't. I literally uh, worked both jobs, 6 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. Friday into Saturday. Didn't actually get to leave the job until like almost 8 because we were busy and we got somebody on vacation. Did the same thing Saturday night into Sunday. Came home, wait, uh, slept for like an hour and a half and went and worked at job number 2 from like 11 to 6.30 p.m. Then I went grocery shopping and I finally came home and could sit down and relax last night. And then today I slept a little bit but I had to go back to job number 1 for a meeting in the afternoon cuz god forbid there be a meeting for overnight people at a normal time for overnight people. And now I'm recording. <laughs> so I literally have done nothing except work and sleep wow. for like 4 days. That's tough, dude. That's real tough. Yeah, that's why I'm looking forward. I actually look really looking forward to New York not just because uh, I'm looking forward to it for all the regular reasons but because it's going to be like 6 days where I don't have to work. <laughs> so I can just fucking enjoy myself um running myself ragged uh, instead of working running myself ragged. But enough about us. Uh let's talk about us. Mark Ellis, where can the listeners find more So Wizard podcast? All right, so everybody can go to soulwizardpodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week. Uh, you'll find movie reviews from yours truly, Netflix and Amazon streaming picks from our buddy the awesome Adam Mollyhawk. Uh, you'll also find our merchandise there. You can purchase some of our uh, So Wizard t-shirts and look good while you're representing the show. Uh, definitely take a look at the website. There should be some new designs up I, uh, and some pretty cool ones if I do say so myself. Uh, another great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping through the link that we keep right on the website. There is an Amazon logo on the website. Click on that. Do your Amazon shopping. Get your Amazon products. And that way you'll be helping out our little podcast. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We got Facebook. We got Twitter. Instagram. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you give us a five-star review? Uh, you can also find us on a Stitcher Radio app for your tablet or smartphone, Podbean, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We have a YouTube channel with videos going up uh, pretty consistently. Uh, Adam Wallyhawk is definitely doing his thing on a video front. Uh, we also have a Patreon page if you want to donate and receive bonus content from us here at Soul Wizard. Uh, definitely consider uh, contributing. Uh, we are offering some really ridiculous things there. Uh, shout out to the Geek World All Stars Podcasting Network. Back to you, Joey. 
So for fifty dollars, we could do a cuddle. For a hundred dollars, we could do pretty much ain't pretty much near anything. I don't do anal though. I do anal. <laughs> That will never not be funny. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Uh, well, we don't, we might not do anal, but one thing we do do is talk about the nerdy news of the week. So, Mark Ellis, drop it like it's hot. What's going on in the world of nerd? Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right. So, this week in nerdy news, a uh, couple of somewhat Big things happened this week. Uh, they announced after plenty of rumors, plenty of false starts. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? We finally have an official word that yes, there will be an Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show exclusively on Disney+. Plus. We're not getting the movie that they promised. We're not getting Obi-Wan, a Star Wars story. We're going to get some episodes on Disney+. Plus. This is the third Star Wars live action TV show that they have going that's going to be going into the new app after The Mandalorian and after the one starring uh, Cassian and uh, Kate Wessel. So this is the third one and Ewan McGregor is most likely 99% sure he's coming back for Obi-Wan. So this is very exciting. Uh, they haven't done the official announcement yet. Uh, D23 is coming up and I would imagine that's when they're going to really make the big announcement. But I'm excited. I mean, I'm already going to get Disney Plus anyway, but shit. Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan? Hell yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, what do you guys think of this TV show now that it's officially going to happen? Let's start with Aubrey. I mean, that's cool. I would like to see his backstory. I don't know how they're going to keep going with it, but I guess we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to open up a whole nother, a whole nother like, envelope of Star Wars characters that we get to see him interact with because you only see him as like the young guy and the old guy. So this would be really cool to get that middle ground and see like what else they can throw at him. I think it'd be dope. Uh, Joey, what about you, man? Oh, well, I'm just as excited as I was when it was a movie or a rumored TV show. It's good to see that it's finally officially happening. Uh, Disney plus at this point, it's like, shut up and take my money. Like just get it started. I'm actually going to be disappointed. I think, I don't know how you guys are feeling when Disney plus drops, like all this stuff that's been announced, isn't going to just be there right away. So I'm like, I want Disney plus in my eyes, like right now. But when I get it, I mean, I mean, they'll maybe, maybe have one TV show on the, like, I'm not really looking forward to high school musical colon, the musical colon, the series, <laughs> I might watch it because it's silly or maybe there'll be some hot chicks on it. But um, so the fact that I won't be able to sit down and then immediately binge watch uh, Rogue One, the series, Obi-Wan, The Mandalorian, uh, Loki, uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, uh, WandaVision. uh, (laughs) Like, I'm actually like, I want him now. Give me it now. So uh, does this make you guys not want to jump right in to Disney Plus? Are you all in day one? I'm in all day one. Oh, yeah. Me too, man. I am so ready for this. You've been waiting for access to Song of the South for a long time, haven't you? <laughs> if I turn on Disney Plus and that's the first thing I see, I might destroy my TV. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't destroy the bootleg boot Blu-ray stand at Terrific Con when they had it. No, I didn't. But I was thinking about it. 
Like, you know what it was is when you saw the full series bootleg version of Small Wonder, it like calmed you down. You're like, oh, whoa, Small Wonder. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in on Disney Plus. I'm all in on this. Uh, it's going to be weird to see prequel stuff. It feels like prequels are like the redheaded stepchild of Star Wars. So it'd be cool if we can get Darth Maul back in this and maybe uh, they can have their duel in the desert instead of having it be in uh, Rebels. But I don't know if they do that because everything's supposed to be canon now. There's no... Uh, there's no EU like, ignoring stuff, so. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm super excited. I think a live action TV show is definitely the way to do these prequels because, uh, as the box office proved, Solo did not quite work. So, uh, yeah, I think this might be the way to do it. I'm psyched. I I liked Solo. I like Solo more and more and more. Have you guys watched it again since we saw it in the theater? Yes. Yeah, I have and, the DVD. And I do like it more and more. I see what you're saying. It's not my favorite. Like Rogue One is my favorite, but. I do like it. Mm-hmm. I think I've had it on as background noise from Netflix, like maybe five or six times. I've mm-hmm. seen it now <laughs> and I, I love it. it. I think it's great. It, I mean, Amelia Clark helps, but it's still, <laughs> still a good movie. I really, I really like it. I think it did not get a fair shake and I completely understand because we were all the same. We were like, this guy don't look like Harrison Ford. Fuck this shit. It's whack. But then people just need to give it a chance. Hopefully more people discover it through uh, Netflix or eventually Disney plus, but cool. Yeah. And so if they can do these as TV shows and not have this pressure of, Oh, it has to be a movie. Oh, it has to make $2 billion. Like, no, take your story, make it awesome and do your best you can. And whatever the financials of Disney plus will be fine. I'm just hoping that we get a second season of it so that we can get a a five-year-old Luke Skywalker, like whining about power converters at the end of the awesome. Never. No, I really want a Leia story. I want to see how, like, I want her, not her origin story, but, like, what she been doing (laughs) before she became part of the rebellion? You know, you just kind of jump right into it. We've been talking about this for, what, three years now, Mark? Millie Bobby Brown is Leia, a Star Wars story? Seriously. Like, if they don't fast track that right away, like, as soon as, as soon as Stranger Things season four is over... They better they better have a script and a director and sets built ready for her. She's like, I know you enjoy Netflix. I know they got you, but come on over to our side, please. She'll be in Godzilla. She'll be in anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, all right. So uh, speaking of Netflix, uh, we have an announcement for another for another anime. Why don't you understand that anime belongs in the trash? That's right. After months of teasing. Kevin Smith is going to be working on, we already know he's working on an animated uh, Howard the Duck for Hulu, uh, but he was teasing that he was working on a popular property, but he couldn't say what it was. And uh, he has been trying to get into the Netflix game for years now. And uh, he has a podcast uh, called Fat Man Beyond with him and Mark Bernardin, who uh, I just adore. And uh, people always say they should work together and do something. And then now it's finally been announced after months of teasing Kevin Smith will be show running a new anime based on He-Man, the Masters of the Universe. It's going to pick up story threads from the original cartoon show. And uh, Mark Bernardin is going to be one of the writers on the show, which is very exciting for me. So, uh, yeah, I love Kevin Smith. I don't quite picture him as a He-Man fan, but they're making an anime from the same studio that did the Castlevania series. That has my interest, so I'm, I'm very psyched for that. So what do you guys think of... Uh, a new He-Man anime, Joey. Oh my God, my body is ready. Let's go. Yeah, you I'm were, super excited. You were a fan of the original uh, cartoon. 
Oh my God. Yeah. If you're like, see, you're, you're a tiny bit older than me, Mark. So was, Mm. was that, it was it not as huge for you as it was for me? No, it was huge. Yeah. I was, I distinctly remember when those toys came out. Like I remember the, the wave that happened when of popularity, when those toys came out. So yeah, I, I was definitely down with those. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah, uh, God, that was like a, an absolute fucking phenomenon for kids <laughs> in that age group yep. when it came out. That was my right around my age, and I had tons of the toys. I watched the cartoon all the time. I saw the live action movie in the movie theater. I saw He Man and She Secret of the Sword in the movie theater. <laughs> what about that? I fucking love He Man. I'm super excited. Uh, it's the same animation studio that did Castlevania on Netflix, so it should look great. And Kevin Smith, it's not always my favorite creator, but I know no matter what project he does, his heart's always in the right place, regardless of if it actually comes out good or not. So I'm not worried about him ruining He-Man or doing anything bad with it. But, oh, God, I can't wait. I'm super excited. And I'm excited, especially if this is high quality of a way to get uh, my kids into He-Man, because the filmation, old filmation cartoon, as much as I love it, it is hard to watch. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> I mean, it's awesomely bad, but it's it is a tough watch. So I don't think Aubrey even cares about He-Man, to be quite honest. With you. Yeah, I was going to say, Aubrey, before you were born, there was a cartoon <laughs> show called Masters of the Universe. A guy in a loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Noah actually had a debate one day because uh, he... <sighs> I don't know. Uh, he, we had a debate where I, you know, I love Thundercats. We watched Thundercats when we were growing up, and um, we used to borrow the VHSs all the time. And Noah has watched enough videos on He Man where he knows about He Man. So we had a debate on who would win in a fight, He Man or Lionel. And Noah says He-Man because he has the power. And I said Lionel because he has the sight beyond sights and the Sword of Omens. So I think he's going to be most excited about a new He-Man anime. He kind of likes the old vintage stuff. He calls it the original. And uh, the old old school, he calls it old school. So I will be watching it because I'm sure he's going to want to watch it. I can't say that I'm like overly excited about it, but I know I'm going to be watching it. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Have you watched any of the new She-Ra cartoon that came on? I watched a little bit of it, but I didn't watch too much, honestly. Mm. Yeah. One of my first questions was, I was, was the new He-Man going to be attached to the new She-Ra? And I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure the, the new He-Man is going to be a much more, uh, not serious, but not as youth geared as the She-Ra cartoon. Joey, you have any insight on that? Um, yeah, they're supposedly not going to be connected. Um, the I, I've watched uh, maybe about most of season one of the new She-Ra. Yeah. And it's okay. It reminds me a lot of Voltron and the new Voltron and like old school Sailor Moon kind of like smushed together. Okay. It's, it's just not really for me. <laughs> right. And it's not meant to be. It's not geared towards 40 year old men um <laughs> which is fine but like i can't i just can't get into it i know my daughter loves it um her and all her friends love it and they draw weird pictures of all the characters and stuff so it, it it's hitting with the people it's supposed to hit with it's just so not for me right no that's fine and that's why you know maybe that's why this new he-man is going to be 
you know, obviously geared towards kids, but with Kevin Smith behind it, you know, it's going to be a lot of it geared toward the fanboys. You know, they made that announcement at a He-Man She-Ra convention. I didn't even know those things happen. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, PowerCon? Power yeah, I've always wanted to go to that, but it's usually across the country, and it's just not worth the money to me to fly to California for just about anything. So, Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. All right, so we got a new trailer that dropped this week. Uh, it's <laughs> I'm not 100% sure if we're going to get Aubrey to go see this movie uh, based, <laughs> on the, uh, based on the looks, but it's called Underwater. And it stars our favorite Twilight actress, Anna Kendrick. I mean, uh, Kristen Stewart. Anna Kendrick is my favorite. But uh, yeah, it looks like a an, it looks like Aliens, but underwater. Uh, it's got Vincent Cassell in it, who is awesome, and it's got it's got Jessica Henwick in it, um, using her straight up British accent, which is like yes, right. As soon as I saw her, I'm like, I'm I'm there. Everyone's favorite waifu status <laughs> X wing pilot. My uh, my panties were dropping, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a a crew that's in a underwater base. It gets attacked or it gets damaged, and they have to walk to the space station underwater, seven miles underwater. And strange things are down there with them. So uh, yeah, I kind of like this trailer. I thought it looks pretty cool. Like I said, I'm going to be there day one. Uh, this is one of the uh, leftovers from the 20th Century Fox buyout that uh, Disney's going to be releasing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it might be pretty cool. What do you guys think of it? Uh, let's go back to you, Joey. Um, well, I'm, I'm confused how Kirsten Stewart doesn't get out immediately because <laughs> doesn't a piece of wood just float right up to the top? That's a, a low-hanging fruit, dude. I knew you were going to yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, this looks uh, exactly like something I would go to see in the movie theater. Uh, it reminds me of something that Jen would be like, you have already seen this movie 30 times. Why do you have to go see it? <laughs> um, she's going... <laughs> Just like just go downstairs and get any DVD of like half the movies you own, and it's the same fucking thing. That's what she would be saying. I can hear her saying it, but um, yeah, it looks right up my alley. So uh, I'm all in. I love these types of movies. Always chasing the dragon, like Marky Post of uh, God. That's a deep cut for you. Uh, always chasing the dragon of uh, you know alien aliens over and over and over again for what like 40 years now. So. Uh, let's do it. Let's. I'm all in. Uh, Jessica Henwick. Fuck yeah. Um, God, I don't think Aubrey's going to be able to see this. It looks kind of scary, but we'll see. So you you did see Alien covered in shit though. The only thing I am more scared about than bugs is deep water. <laughs> shit. So <laughs> I watched this trailer and I was like, oh hell no. If you put Kirsten Stewart in the water, is it still deep? <laughs> it. I, there's things coming out of dark water. I can't. <laughs> it's like, hell no. <laughs> this is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're, we're going to have to put this one to the side. We're going to have to let Aubrey skip that, uh, that episode. Who yeah. wants to be on? <laughs> That's right. Who wants to be our guest host that week? We'll have to find somebody. Uh, but the movie does come out in January. So it's very strange. Uh, you know, January is not normally a good month for releases but you know disney they had this movie they had to put it somewhere uh, so uh yeah yeah we'll see how it goes uh, fun fact the director is a young kid named uh william uh, eubank born right in uh, holyoke massachusetts where I'm, I'm at right now really yeah so uh you know local boy does good so uh you know definitely gonna go check it out uh okay so then quick hits uh do you guys remember us talking about there being another robocop coming out called robocop returns you guys remember that at yes all? 
So yeah, ap- <laughs> exactly. So apparently, the director of Crappy uh, Chappie, uh, Neil Blomkamp, is was going to be directing RoboCop Returns uh, based on a script from the original screenwriters, which was interesting. But just like most of his other movies, this one he had to walk away from because the studio wants to make it right away for some strange reason. Uh, Neil Blomkamp has made one good movie, so my. Excitement for his name attached to anything is very is diminishing very very quickly. So uh yeah we're we're gonna get a RoboCop Returns according to MGM but it's just not gonna be a Blomkamp flick. So what do you guys think of uh Neil Blomkamp leaving RoboCop Joey? It's fine. I don't really care about this movie to be honest with you. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm not like sitting here frothing at the mouth for another RoboCop movie. I think we've had four at this point and only one has been good. Yep. So, yeah, whatever. It, it, you know, it's another one of those franchises like Terminator, like Aliens, like Predator. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, it doesn't. If it comes out and it sucks, who cares? Mm. Like, you, it's hard to get amped up. There's no hill to die on with RoboCop, except maybe the old action figures that used to put caps through the back and then hit the lever on the back and they would make, like, gun sounds. That was pretty cool. Aubrey, what about you? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was. That, that's what I was hoping for. That's what I was looking for. All right. So uh, another quick hit. Sad news for our buddy Montego Bradley of Fans of Patrol podcast. Uh, Krypton is canceled after season two. He's the only person I know that's been banging that drum for Krypton. I couldn't give two shits about it. But then I saw an interview with the guy that played. uh, He plays Jor-El's father. He's the main star of the show. And the guy is mad cool. He's a big geek. Like he would be on, he would be doing what we're doing now. He would be on a weekly podcast talking about geeky shit. The only difference is he looks like Superman and he's an actor, but he's like a true geek at heart. So I watched season one because of his passion for it. And season one was decent. Uh, they had the, they had a really small budget. They had some good ideas. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I haven't checked out season two, but it looks like there's not going to be a season three. So were you guys at all familiar with uh, the Krypton TV show? Is there anything that uh, stood out to you about at all that you might want to check out, Aubrey? No. No. I haven't even, I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of people did. Joey, what about you? Uh, no, I saw the trailer. I know we talked about it on the show. I saw the trailer. It looks horrible. Um, and then I remember watching maybe like 15, 20 minutes of the first episode, and it was so boring. It made me envious of the blind and deaf. <laughs> So I just said, okay, bye. I don't have time for this. You know, unfortunately, in this era of peak television, if you aren't amazing right off the bat, I ain't got time for that. Well, here's hoping that the the lead star gets another gig and the girl that played uh, General Zod's mom. <sighs> Hot. I want her to get another gig, too. She's smoking. Okay. And uh, they did announce that we're going to get a prequel spinoff movie for a movie that hasn't even come out yet. Uh, we talked a little bit about they're making a, another G.I. Joe movie. It looks like we're going to get a Snake Eyes movie before that. Kind of a prequel to maybe help set up the the universe that Hasbro is going to be building. And they already casted the gentleman that's going to be playing Snake Eyes. It's Henry Golding, who you might remember from Crazy Rich Asians. And he's also going to be in a, a Christmas movie that's coming out with uh, Amelia Clark in it. So, Sign me up. <laughs> So uh, yeah, he's the he's the new thing in town, and he's going to be playing Snake Eyes in a uh, GI Joe prequel, which I think is cool. 
It sounds like a, a really cool idea. I, I'm I'm very psyched for it. The only thing I'm worried about is the director is the guy that did uh, R.I.P.D. that Ryan Reynolds Jeff Bridges movie, and he did a handful of the uh, Divergent movies too. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, what do you think about Crazy Rich Asian star as Snake Eyes, Aubrey? Okay. <laughs> Aubrey, did you watch Crazy Rich Asians? No. No, that's all right. You're gonna love them after we watch that uh, Christmas movie that's coming up. That's gonna happen. I. Joey. Yeah. Henry Golden and Snake Eyes, dude. Are you psyched for a Snake Eyes movie? Um, I'm always psyched for any more G.I. Joe stuff. Uh, I'm excited for a Snake Eyes movie. I'm not excited after you just told me the director. <laughs> yeah. um, so we'll see, but uh, that's fine. Uh, I mean, if he's, it really does it really matter who's playing Snake Eyes? He's going to be in a mask for like 90% of the movie. No, this is the prequel. This is all about how he learns who he's supposed to be. He's not going to, he's probably not going to wear the suit until like the third act of the movie. I'm sure he's going to talk and have romance and do all of that shit for the the first two thirds of the movie. Oh, well that's kind of disappointing then. What's the point? I want a dressed as, I want him to be part of a daring, highly trained special mission force of American military soldiers. Who's also a giant ninja. <laughs> Cause you know, you have the air force, the coast guard, Military, the Marines, the Army, the Navy, and ninjas. <laughs> that's how Dad does it, and that's how America does it. I'm pretty sure the movie's going to end with him being recruited into G.I. Joe, and that's how that's how they kick off the universe. I would. General Hawk will show up in the after credit scene. Yes, exactly. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's pretty much all I got for the news. That's all the uh, anything that's worth talking about. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break and we're going to come back and review scary stories to tell in the dark. Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope you're having fun listening to this episode of So Wizard Podcast. But did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to us? I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. We've just discovered a new app called Podcoin and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast you love and you earn Podcoin while you listen. Then you turn that pod coin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks, or if unlike me, you're a good person, you could actually donate it to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. Here's what you got to do. Download the free app right now on your iPhone or Android device. I've got a special code for you. Simply use our code wizard when you sign up and you'll get 300 pod coin just to start off. If you listen to enough of us on there, you can get a drink at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card, and it's like I gave it to you. So go ahead, go listen to this podcast or any of your other favorite shows on PodCoin and sign up with the code WIZARD. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. All right, and we're back. So we all had a chance to see the new movie, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, based on the books from a million years ago. When I was a kid. Uh, did you have these books when you were a kid, Aubrey? Uh, they did have them in the school, but I did not read them. They were too scary for you? It just wasn't my cup of tea. All right. I, re- I definitely remember reading them, and I definitely remember the absolutely spooky illustrations in them. Uh, what about you, Marcellus? I had never even heard of this until they announced the movie. Wow. Okay. Well, we all had a chance to see it, so what we'll do is go around and give some initial non-spoiler impressions, then we'll come back and we'll drop our spoiler drop, and so you'll know to go away if you haven't seen it, or to stick around and see what we thought. Aubrey, what did you think of the movie? It was okay. It wasn't horrible, 
but they could. It had so much potential. Okay. Okay. What about you, Mark Ellis? I'll be totally honest. Like five minutes after I watched the movie, I completely forgot I watched it. <laughs> like I, I really did. I'm like, oh yeah, I went to the. I'm. I was trying to think of like the last like good movie experience I I had, and I'm like, holy shit! I just came from the movies. I just watched the movie. It, it was instantly forgettable for me. Wow. Okay. I, I'm honestly completely on board with Aubrey. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. I agree with Marcellus. I I started forgetting about it almost immediately as walking like down the ramp to throw my popcorn <laughs> away as I got out of the movie theater. And the things that worked worked really, really, really well. And the rest of it was kind of just like, oh, okay. And it felt like a big swing and a miss, but not in a bad way. But, you know, this wasn't like fucking Hellboy or something. It just felt like, man, there was such potential here to be something really special. And it just did not knock it out of the park. So, yep. Any non-spoiler things you guys want to bring up or should we just jump right into spoilers? I will say the performances were really, really good. Surprisingly, like it's like these kids are in a completely different movie and the effects I thought were pretty cool. Yeah, I was just going to mention the majority of the monsters are all practical effects, and I thought that was awesome. The scarecrow guy in the field, um, the big, uh, weird, smiley face women, those are really scary looking. That was really, really well done. I really appreciated the practical effects on that shit. So, Yeah, it didn't look fake at all, which I thought was really cool, and also kind of creepy. (laughs) All right, Marquez, drop the spoiler drop and let's get into it. Spoiler alert. I had seen the future and I had to prevent it. All right. So I guess we'll start with things that we liked about the movie. Uh, Mark, you said it was kind of forgetful, but what were some things that you enjoyed? Uh, You know, I really enjoyed the performances. Like I said, I thought all of the actors, especially the um, the main girl, Estella. I thought the girl that played Stella was really, really good. I thought like she was really emoting and bringing like a lot to the character, but I don't think the story that the character was in was worth all of that emotion. Uh, I liked her. I liked the actually. I liked all of the kids. I liked uh, Ramon, the wise ass kid that got uh, swallowed up by the uh, the big smiley Chuck. face. Chuck. Yeah, I liked him, and I liked uh, the kid that ate the toe, Augie. I thought he, I thought he was pretty cool too. But yeah, there's something about. The something about the story that didn't quite gel, but their performances, uh, the beginning of the movie, um, the whole opening uh, set piece of the movie, I was totally in. I was completely into that world. Uh, it looks really cool. I just, I just could not, I just could not get them on board with the story until the third act. The third act is when I finally like, I finally got connected to it. What about you, Aubrey? I I agree with Mark. I like all of their performances. I think that they did really great. There was just something missing from the story. I felt like it had the potential to be more than it was. And it just kind of fell flat and is kind of forgettable. It's There's nothing that's like crazy amazing about it. They did a really great job with the special effects they did a really great job making those look real rather than, you know, how sometimes CG looks super fake. It didn't look that way with these. The uh, jangly man was really creepy, you know, and they did a great job at incorporating those. It's just something fell flat. 
Right, 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 right. Um, let me ask you guys this. Would you have thought the movie was more memorable or maybe it had that extra for you, Aubrey, if instead of having an overarching story, it was just vignettes of the different scary stories and not having to have a tying together storyline? I don't know if it would have made sense if it didn't have a tying together storyline because it just kind of would have been an action movie, but with scary things. And that's boring for me. I don't know what it was missing. It just kind of, I don't know. Maybe it would have been more interesting if we found out that her mom was swallowed by the scary stories or something. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Joy. I think if they did it that way, if they did it as little vignettes, it would have been a lot easier to be like, okay, vignette number two was cool. Vignette number three was boring. I mean, it would have made it uneven. So I like the fact that they kind of gave it an overarching story to cover all of it. That I thought was cool. And then because it gives you that suspense of seeing the book being written in blood, which uh, I thought was a really cool effect. Cool. Yeah. um, I'm kind of in agreement with both of you guys on this Um, same boat. You know, I, I really liked the monsters and like when the things were happening to them. I thought that was great. I liked the whole opening up the movie with them going to the haunted house. I like them finding the book. I, I just, I don't know what I, I agree with you, Aubrey. I, I don't know what was missing, but I feel like something was missing somewhere in that second two thirds of the movie. Once they've got the book in between the happenings from the book that like made me be like, Oh, okay, whatever. You know, I, I was surprised that the jangly man was partially practical as well. So Jesus, there was actually really? a, there was a contortionist that played him. Wow. It wasn't all CGI. That was probably the only monster that I thought looked kind of stupid. And that was just from the CG of it. But yeah, that, a lot of that was practical. So That's amazing. I would have thought for sure that whole thing was practical. I mean, a whole what? thing was uh, CGI. It makes it I mean, creepier. Yeah. What was your guys' favorite scene in the movie? Because I'll just go first. And I loved when uh, Chuck was stuck in the hospital. And then all the lights went off and went red. And he kept turning and seeing the weird, the woman, the weird face. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like far away. And then he turned and she was a little closer and a little closer and a little closer and a little closer. I thought that was great. That was really, really scary. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Aubrey? I also agree. That was, that was the creepiest part for me too. And it was also the most well done in my opinion. Uh, the creep. Creepiest part, I have two favorite parts of this movie. Uh, the part where Chuck is in the closet uh, at the beginning of the movie and a door kind of opens up and he sees like the old lady and that fucking Doberman pitcher just staring at him. And so he closes the door like that creeped me out because I was like, what the fuck is going to happen when he opens up the door again? Uh, so that I was I was definitely hoping for more of that. And the other one was the, the third act. Like once Stella gets involved into the story and she's like trapped like in the past in a way and... uh Ramon is kind of going in the same house, going along his story, but they're both kind of connected, but separated by time that I was like completely enthralled with. I was, I was like, yes, finally, there's something in this movie that's cool and I'm ready for it. But the, the main issue with this movie, uh, to go back to what you guys were saying before, it's, it's the pacing. There's a, there's a way that they're trying to build suspense in those first two acts and it's just boring. Like it doesn't, it doesn't get suspenseful. It just kind of stops cold. And this movie needs to ramp up. It needs to get more exciting, more exciting as the the movie goes on. And it doesn't. It just kind of 
stays in neutral until the third act. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in that vein, what didn't you like about the movie, uh, Mark Ellis? I didn't like the cop, the the guy that played the cop. Uh, actually, he's a good actor, but I didn't like I didn't like his character at all. Um, and I think it's kind of you know spoilers for the end that there's like kids that are missing and a dead cop and this little girl is just walking. She gets to walk free and write stories. Like no one questions that there's a dead police officer in the building. Like no one came back for that. So uh, yeah, his story. And if you are, if you know, if you're the cop of a town and you know this girl by her name, you know her dad, why would you let her call her father? Like, why would you call her father? Like, hey, I got your daughter down here. Some weird shit's going on. You better come get her. Like, why would you let her do that? That part of it, I'm just like, ah, I don't like that. It threw me out out of the movie. I don't like that whole character beat at all. Okay. Anything else? Or was it just that one scene? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just that one scene. Okay. How about you, Aubrey? Um, I thought that guy was kind of a dick. And it was a little annoying. I didn't like Tommy in the beginning. Because he just, I couldn't tell whether he was drunk or on drugs. And then they tell us that he's drunk. And I don't know, that just kind of didn't work for me and it wasn't really that good i feel like on mark's point too like there is a dead cop nobody questions it there's a bunch of missing kids nobody questions it somehow like stella just continues to carry on with her life and and it's no big deal i guess the other part that i find annoying throughout the movie and kind of doesn't really work for me is how emotional she is throughout parts of it like how she says to her dad um if i go missing you know i didn't leave you blah 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 that kind of makes sense but the rest of the emotions throughout the movie for her kind of fall flat because i don't feel like there was enough buildup of her character for you to really be emotionally invested in what happens to her Mm -hmm. that's what i mean she was giving a great performance but in the wrong movie she should have been in a completely different movie the way that she was uh as emotional as she was. Yeah. Um, I thought, uh, I think that them setting it in the sixties was probably their way to try to get around some of those things you guys are bringing up because nobody's just going to text each other right away. News wouldn't travel as fast, so to speak, maybe, uh, rules or like guidelines for reporting or doing things would be a little laxer. That's, I, that's the only reason I could think of why it was set in the sixties. Cause if you, I mean, if you took out a little bit of the soundtrack and changed the cars, like this could have taken place in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Um, you could have given some people some dead cell phone batteries and this could have taken place like today. <laughs> I love the fact that they had like walkie talkies that work just like cell phones, like no like static at all. They like, pick it up and be like, yeah. hey, hello. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not really sure. That was one thing I didn't like. I didn't understand why this had to be set in the like late 60s. Didn't make any sense to me. And, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with Mark. Like the pacing was off a bit and it didn't feel like it ramped up enough. And and though I just said it was practical, I thought the jangly man looked way too CG. It really took me out of the movie after the f- first couple monsters were like pretty awesome. The spiders was not as brutal as it's described in the book. And that kind of goes back to one other thing I had with the problem with the movie was like, who is this movie for? Like, is it, <laughs> I, well, you know what I mean? Like, is it supposed to be, because when I read this book when I was a kid, 
it was a little scarier than it should have been for someone their age, but it wasn't like brutal or like awful. You know, it was a movie for kids. It was a book for kids. Yeah. Um, like a little bit edgier, like a little, a little more challenging than something you else you would read in this, in the school library, but it wasn't like, freaking like, I, I don't know, reading us, watching a Serbian film or something. So then this is, I, I watched this by myself. I didn't go with either of the kids. Um, Janine just didn't want to go and it's Colin's too scary for Colin. But that's the thing. Like Colin is 11. He should be the age right there for this movie. But this was way too scary for him. (laughs) But it also wasn't like crazy scary enough for like Janine or me that are older. So like I don't really understand like the age they were aiming for or where they were going for. And once again, you know, that age of kids of you're not PG-13 yet, but you're not G-rated movies just get left out of everything. So I thought that that's a little disappointing. It, it fell a little all over the place for what it wanted to be. So. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I was watching a movie and I'm, you know, I'm I'm not like a big horror movie person. I like good movies, you know, and if it happens to be horror, you know, that's fine. But I'm watching a movie and I'm like, should I be scared? And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is a kid's movie. But then the the way that it's presented, it's not a kid's movie. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem like it's it's geared to have youngsters really enjoy this movie because of the way it's paced and the way that it's it's shot. But it's not scary enough to, like, scare adults either. It's it's weird. It, it's, it's definitely an odd balance, and I don't think they quite got it where it should have been. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Well, you know, we had some interesting opinions on the movie. Let's wrap it up. Let's get a score. Aubrey, out of five, with zero being the worst, five being the best, scary stories to tell in the dark. I'm going to give it a three. I oh, know. All right. A three, a nice solid three from Aubrey. What about you, Marcellus? Yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that it was so forgettable, like I legit had to work hard to remember that I saw this movie. Uh, but the performances were good. Uh, I like the fact, I do like the fact that, that uh, I thought for sure by the end of the movie, like all of the missing kids were going to come back. Everything is going to be happy, and it doesn't in that way at all. <laughs> the fact that those kids are gone, and they really are gone, I'm like, oh shit, that's fucked up. So I'll give it. I'm going to give it a two point five out of five. Right, right. They do set up the sequel that she's going to try to get them back, and that'll be in scary stories to tell in the darks. <laughs> I have no idea what they're, 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 there's not going to be a sequel to that. She's actually going to leave the book in uh, downtown Compton, and you'll find out what happens in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. But, but this one's going to take place in the future. That's right. <laughs> with Coolio. Um, I am in full, kind of in full agreement with all you guys. Um, I, it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad it exists, especially for some of those cool practical effects, some really cool scary scenes. But it's just not there, man. Definitely would not be buying this on Blu-ray. Definitely probably will never watch it again, to be quite honest with you. So I'm going to give it a solid two and a half out of five. The definition of a middle of the road time at the movies. Some cool scenes, but nothing to really hook me back and nothing to make me excited to go out and tell everybody about this movie they have to go see. So that's me. Two and a half out of five. And that is scary stories to tell in the dark. So let's get some recommendations from our co-hosts and wrap it up. Aubrey, what do you got for the listeners out there this week? I don't know. I can't think of anything. (laughs) I tried. 
everybody go see scary stories to tell in dark because it's not horrible and you won't regret spending the money like I have with some movies. But it's not as great as you would hope it would be. Or you could just stay home and binge watch Stranger Things again. It's a lot better. It's true. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Marcellus? What do you got for us? Oh, uh, I was a guest on a few different podcasts this week. Ooh, look yeah. at you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got to once again participate in the fantasy movie draft on So I Married a Movie Geek. Uh, the category this time was movies from the year 2000. So um, that episode should be dropping. Uh, when you hear this, it should be dropping probably a little bit after, like a week or so after. But uh, yeah, listen to the show, So I Married a Movie Geek, and listen to my picks for movies. I'm going to give it away here, but uh, yeah, and vote for me because uh, I'm zero and three <laughs> when it comes to the movie drafts. I could use a win, you know, fourth time's the charm. Right. That's Nobody wants to be the Buffalo Bills, Mark. You know? <laughs> uh, and I was also on K-Pop Cosmos, uh, a new podcast that talks about K-Pop. So you can imagine a joy in my heart when I got to sit down and uh, talk about K-Pop for a while. So, uh, yeah, that episode should be coming out pretty soon, too. So, uh, yeah, you get a lot of Marky Mark uh, in the next few weeks or so. So uh, that's my recommendation. Listen to, listen to more of me. That is a good recommendation. Well, I will recommend everyone goes to SoWizardPodcast.com where they can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Movie reviews, streaming picks, so much more. SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodCoin, just about anywhere you find podcasts under the sun. We will be there. Check out our YouTube page. Go to YouTube, search Podcast weekly free and exclusive content, and the podcast every week if for some reason that's how you want to listen to it. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Podcast. You can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive episodes and movie reviews that you can't get anywhere else. A couple of recommendations. One, what we do in the shadows, the front runner for my television show of the year, 2019. And probably one of the funniest things I've seen on TV since scream Queens is now on Hulu. So if you have the Hulu app, you can go there and watch binge, watch it half hour episodes. I cannot recommend it enough. It is so fucking funny. Um, Even though it's about vampires and stuff, if you like The Office, I think you would like it. I've managed to convince both my wife and daughter to watch it, and they both loved it because that's the kind of sitcoms they like. So uh, definitely check that out. And then get your ass to the movies and check out the movie Ready or Not, because that, my friends, is what we will be talking about next week on the podcast But this week is all set. Episode 263 in the books of the So Wizard podcast. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-host, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Tell me a story, Sarah Bellows. (laughs) And the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. Hey, WizKids, as you're listening to this, we are in our five-year anniversary. So uh, definitely hit us up and say hello. Wakanda forever. That's right, kids. Half a decade of podcasting power. We'll see you next week. Good journey.